0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All right, yesterday Bruce Feldman came on the program and we talked about his piece for The Athletic where current NFL coaches were talking about the talent in this year's draft. The coaches he talked to were raving, raving about one guy in particular. Not Trevor Lawrence. Well, yes, Trevor Lawrence. But former Florida tight end, Kyle Pitts. One quarterback told Feldman, quote, Pitts is a unicorn. It's rare to get a guy that freaky, that size, that didn't flip to defensive end. It's easier to rush the quarterback than play tight end. He's Raiders tight end, Darren Waller, but a little more natural. He's got great hand-eye coordination, great length. He didn't have a drop last year. Only four of his catches didn't go for a touchdown or a first down, end quote. I mean, that's incredible praise. Another quarterback coach said, quote, everything he did at Pro Day, it was like, good God. That guy changes the game for your offense with how people have to play you. This guy is more athletic and faster than Travis Kelsey. This guy comes into the league and he's going to be way better than anybody else, end quote. I mean, now you're just getting crazy with it. Better, faster, and more athletic. Than Travis Kelsey, he's going to enter the league better than anybody in an era where there are some amazing tight ends. And then you got a wide receivers coach who said, quote, he's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. This quote is great. Quote, he's ridiculous, man. Holy crap. To be that big and that fast and that skilled. Wow. Sir, in all honesty, it was ridiculous. So, I mean, these guys are absolutely fawning over this guy. They're in love with this guy. Now, you hear that and you watch tape on Pitts and you can understand why he might be the first non-quarterback off the board. And of course, if there is an offensive talent in the draft, Jerry Jones is going to be slobbering all over himself trying to get to him. And the reports that Jones has been drooling over Pitts have been out there for a while. Earlier this month, Chris Mortensen reported, quote, we're hearing this thing about Jerry Jones the owner of the Cowboys and the GM being infatuated with Kyle Pitts. He's going to have to trade up to get Kyle Pitts. He spent 40 mil a year on Dak Prescott, so why not go get Kyle Pitts? End quote. Did you catch that word? Infatuated. And that about sums it up, right? I mean, it's one thing to hear a report about it, but quite another to hear it from Jerry's own carved face. Leave it to Jerry. To convey that interest in the weirdest, creepiest way imaginable. The Cowboys posted a video of their conversation with Pitts, and old Jerry got right in the middle of it, didn't
1: he? We love to be breaking bread with you, but we don't get to do it with COVID-21, uh, but this is an opportunity for us to visit with you, be yourself, enjoy it.
2: Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm excited to uh, have you come into this
0: league. And, uh, man, I, what a, a pair-up we could do with old Dak Prescott and some of those guys that we've got out there of options to get you the ball. So we can dream of visions of sugar plums around here. <laughs> huh? Quote, starts off innocently enough, I'm excited to have you come into this league and man what a pair up we could do with old Dak Prescott and some of these guys that we got out there with options to get you the ball so we can dream of visions of sugar plums around here visions of sugar plums visions of sugar plums did this old dude just make a reference to I don't what's the night before Christmas did my guy just drop some Clement Clark Moore on us Did he just throw it back to a visit from St. Nicholas? Is Mama in her kerchief? And are you in her cap? Your cap? Man, have you just settled your brains for a long winter's nap, Jarrah? Or was he doing Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from the Nutcracker? Either way, the hell is he talking about? The hell is he talking about? How is he going from watching Kyle Pitts and talking to Kyle Pitts, to talking about sugar plums. Like, I know that draft speak and draft evaluation lingo is a world onto itself. I mean, it's chock full of really weird phrases. Things like fluid hips, bend and burst, violent hands. But I've never heard anybody drop a, quote, visions of sugar plums. We're talking about draft prospect. I haven't heard anything that creepy since Eric in San Diego called this show back in the day. Eric in San Diego.
2: I am so glad you put me on. I mean, what? You are, Romy, and I'm not in love with you. I am just infatuated. And that is quite simply... Oh, by the way, uh, clones, you might want to look up the word infatuated. It doesn't mean that I want to have S with him.
0: We may be running that back momentarily Oh, so you don't want to have S with me What, you think you're better than me? You think you're better than me You don't want to have S with me Let me tell you something, son I look good I feel good And I got news for you, man Everybody wants to have S with me. Are you hearing this, dude? I think I'd like to hear that one more time. Certainly those gals on my hog wanted to have S with me. Let me tell you something else. How do you know I didn't? How how do you know I didn't? Happened a long time ago, right? You don't know that. This guy called this show back in the day and said this to me. Eric in San Diego.
2: I am so glad you put me on. I mean, what you are, Romy, and I'm not in love with you, I am just infatuated. And that is quite simply, oh, by the way, uh, clones, you might want to look up the word infatuated. It doesn't mean that I want to have S with him.
0: For no. like usual, like that Alvin, I'll ask, why did you run him? I, I mean that call was just getting good I love how this guy's telling everybody That he loves the show He's deeply infatuated with me But, but, but That doesn't mean he wants to have S with me And then he tells everybody to look up the word infatuated
2: Just infatuated
0: Hey, I, I don't want to have S with you I'm just infatuated I don't know, dude I don't know, dude. I don't know, dude. Maybe if we spend a little more time together. Maybe if we have a few drinks together. I don't know, man. I I do have a five-date policy regardless of the level of infatuation. Of course, I'd have to clear it with my wife. Nothing says knowing the dictionary like telling people to look up something that's not even a word. He's like, im- Infatuated. Just infatuated. Infatuated. Just infatuated. I like a guy sending us to the dictionary to look up a word that's not in the dictionary. Just infatuated. Infatuated. Just imfatuated. It's an infatuation. Just infatuated. Hey, clones, go to the dictionary and look it up. Yeah, well, we did, Eric. There's no entry for infatuated.
2: Just infatuated.
0: All right. So, as weird as that is. As weird as Eric in San Diego was, he's still not nearly as weird as Jerry in Arlington is. And of course, it makes total sense that Jarrah would be have visions or having visions of sugar plums. Visions of sugar plums. About an offensive weapon, man, because that's how he rolls. That's what he does. That's what he says. He's got an offense. And here's what's great about this. Not only his word usage, but he's got an offense that already has lots of sugar plums. Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, more, Dak Prescott, the ultimate plum is coming back. The defense though was a clown show. But by all means, definitely get your visions of sugar plums. Uh, over another offensive weapon. Never mind that the defense allowed the most points in franchise history and the second most yards in franchise history. The only way to fix a good defense is with more sugar plums on offense. We all know that. And that defense was so bad that their only highlight last year was when Mike Nolan got hot sauce in his eye, hot sauce in his eye at the presser.
1: Uh, obviously, the frustration for him as well is just, you know, look, when he misses them,
0: Nobody, whoops, excuse
1: me. I got something in my eye. Um, just had some Tabasco on my finger and it went in my eye. That was a good.
0: In oh. my eye.
1: It's
0: terrible. It Jeez. I'm sorry. Extra. 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 He never apologized, coach. <laughs> I mean, you could draft a safety. You could draft a DB. You could draft a linebacker. You could draft a defensive lineman. You could trade down to stockpile more picks to bolster a crappy defense. Or you could just draft a tight end who you are quote, infatuated with. Then again, this is the same Jerry Jones who had to be practically dragged away from picking Johnny Manziel and going with Zach Martin instead. One guy is a six-time All-Pro, a member of the All-Decades team, and a future Hall of Famer. The other crashed out of the league and faced domestic violence charges. So, Jerry could help the team and make his defense better, or Jerry can go Jerry and chase the sugar plums. Can't wait to see what's going to happen. Cannot wait to find out what's going to happen.
2: Oh, by the way, uh, clones, you might want to look up the word infatuated. It doesn't mean that I want to have S with him.
0: Ah. No. I don't know, bro. Don't like that. You got to admit, I'm pretty well-preserved. Listen, small changes towards a healthier lifestyle can add up in a big, big way. But maybe you're not sure exactly where to begin. I'm here to help. Let me introduce to you Grove Collaborative. 70% of people say they want to use natural products, but only 2% actually do. Why is that? Because what they sell at the store is from the biggest companies, not necessarily the ones that are the best for you. So once again, where do you start? You start with Grove Collaborative. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green. You can browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. Honestly, I wanted to be healthier. I just did not know where to go or where to look. Not for these types of products, but now I do. Grove Collaborative. Join the over 2 million households who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. And shipping is fast and free on your first order. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier. And for a limited time, when you go to Grove.co Rome, you get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more. But you have to use our special code. Go to grove.co slash Rome and get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash Rome. We are joined once again by Bob Bradley. Bob, it is great to have you on. How are you?
3: I'm good, Jim. How's it going?
0: Great. It's good to visit with you, Bob. Thanks so much. Let me reset something. You and I spoke last summer right in the middle of the pandemic, and the conversation was one that I enjoyed, so I want to get caught up once again. We talked a bit about the pandemic and the impact it had on members of the club. Over the weekend for your season opener, you had a small group of fans back in the stadium. How did it feel to have those fans back in the house?
3: Uh, it was an amazing feeling, uh, really important for us. Um, but also sad in a way because uh, during the pandemic uh, we lost some important supporters, lost uh, who lost their lives. Uh, they had an incredible tifo up in in not a complete thirty two fifty two, but up up in the stands, uh, memorializing uh, Mo Fasha, who was the vice president of the thirty two fifty two. Amazing guy, tremendous personality. Uh, so it was great to have them back in the stands, but it was also a time to just step back and uh, appreciate all the work that so many of the, them did in Los Angeles, essential workers helping during the pandemic in different fields and, and uh, those that lost their lives, but excited that, that we're all back together.
0: We're talking to Bob Bradley. Bob, for those who do not know, I want you to break down what is the 3252, and for those who do not know, your thoughts on the legendary fan that you mentioned, Mo. He passed away last month. What did he mean to the club, and how special was that connection between the players and the fans?
3: Well, we're lucky. Um, Before there was a coach at LAFC or any players, there were some people in our organization, and they had this vision and they went out into the city, into different neighborhoods and communities, and they said, we're coming, and we are going to have a club that is going to connect with you. You're going to be very important. And one of their ideas was in the north end to have a section of the, the best supporters standing um, and that it was space for 3,252 of our best supporters. So they called it the 3252, and for all of us, every time we go into Bank of California, um, and there's fans, when we look in the north end, we feel this closeness, this sense of being together. Uh, and and in that regard, Mo was again just a special guy. You know, in moments when we did have events and we were with our supporters. Uh, he was such a proud guy. Uh, he represented his community. He represented the city. And one of my favorite memories was when we did win the supporter shield. Uh, we we had some of the thirty two fifty two in the locker room, and there was a picture of Mo and uh, a couple of others uh, holding up the supporter shield. And he had the biggest smile. He was so proud. So. Uh, yeah, that, the passion and, and the love he had for LAFC uh, was so special. That
0: is cool. Really, really cool. Bob Bradley joining us. He is the head coach of the LA Football Club. So he beat Austin in the season opener Saturday. Kind of an unusual game in the sense that Carlos Vela went down with an injury early. He was subbed off. What do you make of the way, Bob, your team responded to that early setback?
3: I think we did a good job. Obviously, there was a little bit of confusion when Carlos came off. Um, You know, I think he wanted to keep trying, which wasn't clear when he went off and gave a wave. Um, But uh, I think as a coach, sometimes you you learn how players respond. And I knew maybe there was a little something there. He hasn't trained this week. Uh, But when he went off, we have a young player, Uh, that we call Mahala, uh, Kwado Apoku. Uh, He's a young boy from Ghana, and he scored a great goal uh, against Cruz Azul last year in in the Champions League, and he has shown some real special qualities, and I was really proud of him. He came on, uh, immediately got involved in the game, he's active, uh, and then he set up the second goal. So, I think we've got some young players that continue to get better. Uh, We never want to lose our top guys. Carlos is so special and important to us. But it's great to see some of the young players stepping up.
0: We're talking to Bob Bradley. So, Bob, what about Corey Baird? Scored the first goal against Austin. He did so in his debut for the club after arriving in the offseason. What do you like about what he brings to the team?
3: Corey has a, a really good mentality. He works hard. Um, you know, we typically play uh, with three front runners and we ask those three front runners to interchange a little bit and be mobile. Uh, and we ask all of them that when we lose the ball, that they're our first line of defending, that they help us press. They make it difficult for the other team to put anything together going forward. So Corey really contributes a lot in those ways. Uh, when we win the ball, he's a player who makes uh, these runs behind the defense. He's constantly threatening the other team. Uh, And I I think that he had really good years in Salt Lake, but there's times when a player just needs a change. Uh, You know, he grew up around San Diego. He went to Stanford. um, But I think he's really excited about the opportunity here and uh, in the period of time that we worked with him, we really think he's uh, uh, pushing himself to get to the next level.
0: We're talking to Bob Bradley. So, Bob, let me ask you. You've coached some amazing players throughout your career, and they've been from different countries, different continents. Is there something universal that makes great players great beyond just talent? Is there something they all have in common?
3: I think so, Jim. And We see it in sports, this mentality, this competitiveness, this determination um, to get better, to to always prove themselves, to be a leader on a team. So, so those type of personalities, uh, you know, sometimes I get asked, uh, who's the best player that I ever coached? And I can't really give a good answer, but I, I have three guys that sort of are similar on the field. On Chicago, I had Christos Deutschkoff. Uh, he had played at Barcelona and was an incredible player for Bulgaria. Uh, and then I had a very young Mohamed Salah, when I was at Egypt, and now Carlos Vela, um, you know, as he's just getting into his 30s. All are left-footed, all are capable of playing along the front line in different ways, uh, and all are, just have this mentality of when certain situations come, how they can take the ball and create a chance for themselves, the confidence, uh, and all have scored some amazing
0: We, You know, it's interesting, Bob. I was going to say, Vela was the league MVP, and he won the scoring title in 2019. Then Rossi won the Golden Boot last year. That's never happened before. Vela has talked about how he sees him as a mentor to Rossi, to help bring out the very best in him. Like, what do you make of what you've seen from the relationship between the two of them? And then how much has Rossi grown as a player since he arrived?
3: Uh, Carlos is right. Uh, He has been a very good example for a lot of our young players, and immediately took to Diego. Uh, they have an excellent understanding on the field. Uh, the very first goal in our history, uh, ironically enough, was against Seattle, and it was Carlos slipping a great little pass to Diego, cutting in from the left side, and Diego with a, a tremendous finish. Um, Diego has continued to get better, and, and last year, uh, as most of our fans know was a start-stop kind of year for the team and, and very much so for Carlos. Um, you know, the good news last year in the midst of everything, he and his wife uh, had a baby boy and uh, they, a baby girl to go with the son, Romeo, and, uh, you know, everything went well. But when Carlos was not in, in the team, Uh, either because of of spending the time with his wife or because of injury, Diego really stepped up. He became a guy that took more responsibility. uh, And and I really think that we saw a next level of Diego, which uh, we think there's a lot more there for him.
0: We're talking to Bob Bradley for a few more moments. You know, Bob, when you look at the big picture, the league is now in its 26th season. I'm curious, how much has the league and the game in the United States grown since the early days when you were an assistant with DC United?
3: Tremendous growth, uh, obviously. So many more teams, uh, the diversity in the league, players. Uh, from from all over the world, uh, I think we've seen more and more young players come through, either through the United States through the development academy, or because teams have done a better job of scouting and finding young talent outside uh, the United States. Um, the game is growing. Uh, there there's still challenges moving forward. Uh, you know, I say all the time that. Uh, there still are people who feel like they are not part of the growth of this game. And in order to, for it to get where it needs to be, we still need to do a better job of uh, making sure everybody's part of it, making sure that the game is provided in all neighborhoods, that kids get real opportunities. So there's work to be done, but I, I, I think we all feel that There has been tremendous progress over this uh, 26-year period. So then finally, what about here in our
0: backyard? From the outside, it seems to me, something striking to me about the club is that it's only in its fourth year of playing, but there is a strong identity and has been since day one. Meanwhile, there are other clubs that have been around for a lot longer without a strong identity. So how have you gone about marrying the culture of the team with the culture of Los Angeles?
3: Uh, Again, at the beginning of the talk today, Jim, I mentioned uh, these important people inside our club. And they did an incredible job of going out all around the city. And we pride tried from day one to say that in order to be successful, uh, we've got to find a way that there is this connection, that that our supporters feel like they're part of something. Uh, On the team side, it means that when we step on the field, we have a style of play. Uh, people enjoy watching us. We have players that, that they, they, they get excited to see every week. And so uh, we, we really feel that, that the strength of it has come from our fans. Uh, the strength of, of what we do is making sure that, that we know how to represent them on and off the field and, and they've been uh the driving force behind the identity that you're talking about
0: you bet he is the head coach of the los angeles football club three-time mls coach of the year tied for most in history seattle is at lafc tomorrow 3 p.m pacific bob it is great to have you back on the show good to get caught up thank you so much for that good luck let's do it again soon
3: thanks jim love talking
0: to you hey you want to hear something amazing Discover matches all the cash back that you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, it gets even more amazing when you consider all the places where Discover is accepted. Namely, 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. In fact, why don't we talk cocktails and the fight game? Because I've got a couple of boozy, punchy stories for you right now. Starting with Oscar De La Hoya. Now, I hit this on Monday. I've got an update. De La Hoya was straight, straight breathing fire this past Saturday night at that circus freak show headlined by a YouTube star and a bloated MMA legend that went night-night in the first round.
2: I got knocked out by Jake Paul. It's embarrassing.
0: <laughs> still love Ben Askren. I still hate that that fight went like that. I still hate that it ended like that. I still love the guy. And at the time, I did mention, you got to give Jake Paul some respect. I mean, he obviously treated that fight way more professionally with way more respect. He handled his business. But I said on Monday, and I'll say it again right now, you would have thought that Ben Askren would have had the worst night of anybody who showed up to that circus, that freak show, right? I mean, he got knocked out by a YouTuber, Who could have a worse night there than him? Nobody, right? Wrong. Somebody did have a worse night than Askren. And Askren had a really bad night. Oscar De La Hoya, though, had an even worse night because he got on the headset, looked into the camera, and went all Tony Slarusha with it. Mike Tyson, I love you because you inspired me. You look great. You feel great. Look at, look at. He looks like a Adonis. He looks like he looks beautiful. He looks
2: in shape. That's the way he's got. Move fight side you. to side. Move the head. Move the head side to side. Don't smother yourself. Keep your distance. Keep your distance. Throw your punches long, and you can take down the U.S.S.A.
0: This dude, man. So De La Hoya starts off by saying, "Mike Tyson, you inspired me. You look great." You feel great. I don't know, Oscar. You look like crap. And I'm guessing you feel numb. Anyway, it doesn't take a breathalyzer or a backwards alphabet or this guy walking a straight line or trying to touch his nose to assume that that guy was not sober. But assuming and knowing are two different things. Because now we know. Because De La Hoya went on Zone's boxing podcast and he confirmed all of our obvious suspicions. I got a little into it, you know, I started having a couple of drinks. Then they told me, hey, why did not you go in uh why didn't you go and uh, go and, uh um, commentate? And I was like, Oh man, okay, okay. <laughs> and I, I got a little over carried away, you know, and I apologize, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm sorry. Did my man say he had a couple of drinks? I started having a couple of drinks. What kind of drinks? A couple of drinks. What? AMFs Long Island iced tea, zombies, shots of Everclear, absinthe. I know my man didn't have a couple of Mick Ultras. The golden boy admitting he was the Goldschlager boy this past Saturday night is not a surprise to anybody at all. The horse's mouth did not need to tell us that you could lead that horse to drink a lot. He was liquored up. We all heard it. And as I said earlier in the week, I'm not going to mock the guy or make light of this fact because he's had substance abuse issues. He's had addiction issues. You show up like that, drunk like that, you still have issues. You know this whole thing about, hey man, I was at a party. I didn't know I was going to work. You kind of got away from me. You're Oscar De La Hoya, dude. And as creepy and freaky as that sideshow was, you're still on. Like you're on. You're at the venue, you're in public, all eyes on you. So I don't buy this whole argument that, yeah, man, I was just hanging out, had a few, got away from me, and they're like, hey, why don't you go put a headset on? If you're that guy, right, Hall of Famer, Alpha, you know you got to carry yourself a certain way every single time you leave the house. And just because Oscar De La Hard alcohol said that it was all good at the end of the confession does not mean it's actually all good. But it's all good, it's all good. I don't know. Frank Mir, who was boxing while Oscar was commentating, tweeted afterwards. And this is the point that I tried to make. And Frank made it even better. Quote, I could be angry and I could laugh, but addiction is no joke. I sincerely hope Oscar gets the help that he needs. End of quote. Like, if I could verbally retweet that, I would. Well said, Frank. And I said it myself earlier in this week and I could not agree with you more. So when he says, like, yeah, I'm back in beast mode, it's all good. Clearly, Oscar, it's not all good. Not if you're showing up on a broadcast like that, blasted. Elsewhere in the cocktail fight game world, Conor McGregor is expanding his business interests in the world of booze. Now, as you know, Conor Mack got into the brown liquor universe when he dropped his very own whiskey a few years back. That whiskey, of course, is called Proper 12. Connor appreciates it very much when you give him his money and you drink his hooch. Connor does not appreciate it, though, at all when you don't drink his booze. Remember that presser before the Habib fight when Habib turned him down. I don't drink. Why don't you drink? I don't drink. Why don't you drink? I never drink. I'll tell you, some booze parties. I never drink. You're mad backwards. I You're dead drink. when I get my hands on you, do you hear me? I never I never drink this All shit. Me
2: Animal the OG a fight game. will this bad boy.
0: I think it's going to be a long night for him. Right. It's going to be a long night, ah, night yes. for him. Yes! Oh, Lord, save me that. He knows crazy. this. He knows this. Connor, a question for you. Fill in the blank. Conor McGregor is going to blank Khabib when you guys meet each other. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Yeah, that didn't quite go like that, did that? I love for Conor... Not drinking his whiskey is a reason to go. In fact, it's more than that. If you listen to that exchange, not drinking any whiskey is a reason to go for Connor. It's not like, hey man, I get that's not your thing. Maybe you've had issues in the past. Maybe somebody in your family's had an issue, or maybe you just don't like to drink. Connor just said it. Uh, he don't. You don't drink. I'm gonna kick your ass.
2: Yeah, my backwards.
0: Of course, none of what he said happened. In fact, the exact opposite happened. But that's not the only time that Conor got pissed at somebody for not taking a swig of his juice. We all remember that story back in 2019. Conor rolls into this pub in Dublin, pours everybody a shot of proper 12 at the bar, and yet ends up uncorking a left hook dead in the mouth of a senior citizen for not partaking. Like Connor's in there being Connor, pouring everybody's shots, being the man. And this old guy's like, nah, I'm good. I don't want your whiskey. Oh, really? How would you like these hands instead? To this day, that's just one of the strangest, wildest stories ever. Superstar celebrity who makes a living throwing his left hand, throws his left hand at the peak of his athletic ability and fame on an old geezer who refused to drink his whiskey. The only thing crazier than Conor's abhorrent behavior is the fact that that geriatric didn't even flinch. I've seen Conor put savages to sleep with that left hand. As Jose Aldo. I've seen Conor go up against some of the fiercest, nastiest, baddest mothers ever and put them to sleep. And this old man didn't even blink. Conor McGregor has put guys to sleep with that same shot more than 20 times in his career. Yet that old guy didn't even know or notice or care that one of the great strikers ever struck him. So Connor was charged with assault. He ended up settling out of court, and he issued an apology that read, quote, I was in the wrong. That man deserved to enjoy his time in the pub without having it end the way it did. End quote. Yet you think. You think so, Connor? But he may have been sorry that day, and by the way, he wasn't. He said he was, but he wasn't. You know, Connor, the guy was on record as saying, "I'd like to apologize to absolutely nobody." I guarantee the guy that he least wanted to apologize to was that old man who took his shot. But he did apologize. Unfortunately, that was then, and this is now. So Connor has now purchased the same exact pub where that went down. He bought that pub. He owns that pub now. And yesterday, Tom Lyons of the Currency Magazine, Across the Pond, wrote this headline. Quote, Conor McGregor returns to the scene of the crime and buys it. It's an excellent headline. In the article, Lyons revisits everything about what makes that pub world famous Namely, Conor McGregor teeing off on a grandpa's face for not drinking his whiskey. Conor did not seem to like the reset, so he retweeted the article and wrote the following, and I quote, Ye and your man are barred. Let me repeat that for you. Ye and your man are barred. End quote. Ye is Tom Lyons, the journo, And your man is the guy that Conor sucker punched and didn't blink. So in six words, Conor McGregor just completely disregarded freedom of the press and freedom to assemble in six words. And I got to say, I'm really sorry about this. I mean, I'm really, really sorry, but that's got to be one of the funnier tweets I've seen in quite some time. I mean, whether he's serious or not, I don't know. And I'm not totally convinced he is. It just reads so hilariously. Quote, ye and your man are barred. First off, dropping a ye instead of you is incredible. And then assigning the geezer to the journo as the journal's quote man. Just because the journal wrote about the man is even better. You're like ye and ye winger. Ye and Ye wingman are barred. I own this bleeping pub and neither one of you are allowed. Not the guy that wouldn't drink my whiskey and not the guy who wrote about the guy who wouldn't drink my whiskey. Like how dare you do your job and write a totally objective piece on me buying a pub where I punched a senior citizen. Yeah, all right. Ye and that senior are both banned for life. For life, life, life. Life. is that not like the most Connor thing ever? Connor, buying a bar because an old guy sitting in that bar would not drink his whiskey. And then banning that guy and a guy who wrote about what happened. It's like the most Connor thing ever. You know what, man? I'm still just kind of pissed about that old guy. I'm pissed about that old guy not drinking my whiskey. And I'm pissed that other people are still talking about it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy that pub. Make sure the old man never steps foot again in that pub. And anybody who writes about that old man is not allowed in that pub. Like, Connor, I got to ask you, man. Like, I'm still on board with you, kind of. But the hell has that old man ever done? I can count three things. What is that old man known for? Number one, he turned down a shot of your whiskey. Number two, he got punched in the face by you. Number three, he got written about in an article. And for that, he's barred. For what? Having a face? Having a concrete chin? For getting punched? For having a name? For appearing in a story? I mean, this is too much. Even for you, Connor. I hate that I'm laughing, but what can you do when this guy buys a pub where he tried to deck some old fogey, and that guy takes that shot like a man, and then he bans him for life for no reason? I mean, I have to admit, I'm probably now banned myself for talking about this, right? Anyway, if you can't beat him, ban him. Am I right, Connor?
4: Stomp on his head as he's unconscious.
0: When you call a Dell Technologies advisor, you are talking to somebody who is not waiting for their return to speak. No, they actually want to hear what you have to say. They're focused on you, ready to give advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and offer tailored solutions powered by Intel vPro platform to keep your small business ready for what's next. Our advisors listen so you know your small business needs have been heard. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK. Dell. Bob Melvin. Bob, it is so good to have you on. Before we get into the season and the run that you guys are on, Bob, how are you doing? How is your life right now?
1: Well, 11 in a row makes it a lot better than it normally is this time of year. So it's certainly better than it was uh, when we were in 0-6. So we've we've completely uh, turned this thing around and obviously playing much better baseball.
0: No doubt. And I want to get into how you turn that thing around. Let me first ask you though, how about that offseason? Were you able to spend some time at Tierra Madre Horse Sanctuary?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And Jim Gass. And my wife is, is is kind of a star there. She's a, uh, you know, a, she volunteers there and so is my daughter Lexi. So it's, it's a special place for both of us.
0: So glad All to hear that. Us. That's awesome. We're joined by Bob Melvin. So Bob, you're coming off that sweep of the Twins, which included that wild comeback win in extra innings on Wednesday. That was a game where you tied it in the bottom of the ninth. Minnesota took that two run lead in the top of the 10th. Then you come back to score three in the bottom of the inning to get the win. I mean, it's a long year, crazy things happen, but as you sat in the dugout watching that thing play out in extra innings, what was going through your head?
1: Well, you're right, it was crazy. Uh, we scored those runs without getting a hit, so that doesn't happen very often. You know, just some tenacious at-bats, drawing some walks, putting some balls in play, and you know, as the way, that game went back and forth. It just felt like a ping-pong game, and you know, at one point, didn't feel like we were going to be able to stop them. Cruz had a couple home runs, Donaldson was hitting, and Buxton was hitting, and Felt like it might be one of those days where maybe we didn't have enough. But, you know, as we do at home and we have over the years, we give ourselves a chance in the ninth inning. A lot of times we come through. So we did again. Loreano puts the ball in play. Next thing you know, we're, you know, we're walking off for our 11th uh, victory. So, um, you know, not the easiest game in the world, but certainly one we'll
0: take. Absolutely. So that was your 11th in a row. Ramon Laureano said afterwards, he had a feeling you guys were going to win. Quote, it's like the Bay Area wind. It just smells like you're going to win. He added, we were still loose and having fun. We knew we would win. End of quote. Like how powerful is it when you go to the yard and you've got a clubhouse full of guys who expect to win no matter what the situation is?
1: You're right. It is very, it's very powerful. And we talked about that when we do talk about it. Um, you know, with the group we've had here and then the guys that we brought in, we brought in some winners too. You know, Sergio Romo's got three World Series, Adam Cleric last year, you know, World Series. Mitch Moreland has a World Series, uh, and uh, Elvis has had been in two World Series. So we brought in a lot of guys that, that are, expect to win, like you said, and that's an important thing. And that's why a lot of times you can come back in those games because you really do uh, you know, feel like you're going to win.
0: We're talking about Melvin. So speaking of some of these guys, like Elvis Andrews scored the winning run Wednesday. He did come over from Texas in a trade in the offseason. From the outside, I've always loved this guy's personality, especially when he would mess with Adrian Beltre. What's it been like having him around and having him in the clubhouse? What kind of an effect has he had?
1: Yeah, you know, you hit right on the head. His personality is really infectious. He just loves to play. He loves being at the ballpark. My guess is he'd get along with any group that that he's around and he's fit in here beautifully. So, you know, his numbers aren't where he wants them to be right now, but some, you know, a lot of his best at bats this year have been at bats when it's really mattered late in games, like the walk that he drew, uh, you know, in the last inning uh, day before yesterday. So, you know, he solidifies the shortstop. He's played everything in every game so far and just really fit in here very, very well. He's a guy that over on the other side, you know, gets under your skin a little bit. He's real talkative and, and, and he's into the game and just a guy that uh, you'd rather have on your team than, than over on the other side.
0: Bob Melvin is joining us. The A's are red hot. What about Jed Lowry? He's back with the team after a two-year stint with the Mets where he had a total of seven at-bats due to injury. He's putting up some really nice nice numbers so far this season. What do you make of the way he's come back and the impact he's had on the team?
1: It's you know every time he's been here, he's he's impacted our team and hit up in the lineup and driven in runs and hit doubles and got on base and it's the same guy that we saw you know less couple years ago doing the same type of things and you know that's that's there's you know you got a tenacity in in the in the mind comes to comes to mind for me and that you sit out two years it's one thing physically to to get yourself ready and get over that hump but mentally not getting any at bats. For that long a period of time, uh, you really got to be strong-willed. So, you know, we saw it early on in spring training. He was getting a lot of simulated at-bats before we put him in the field. Then his at-bats were great toward the end of spring, and it's carried right into the season. So it just feels like, you know, 2018 or whatever it was all over again for him.
0: His manager, Bob Melvin, is my guest. You know, Bob, I could talk to you about the fact that you're among the league leaders in home runs and walks, but you and I have talked in the past about the young talent you have in that rotation over the last year or two. How do you like the way their arms, your arms are showing up so far this year?
1: Yeah, this is a big year for all those guys. You know, they're no longer are they, you know, rookies or first year players or, you know, trying to find themselves. This is big time in their career, whether it's Montas, whether it's Lazardo. Chris bassett's come a long way. Manaya now is is basically a a veteran for us, and you know fires will be back. Urban's pitch great for us so. You know, we expect big things out of these guys, and they expect it out of themselves. Uh, you know, they, they need to establish themselves as, as bona fide big leaguers, and, and all of them have the talent to do it. All
0: right, so what about Lou Trevino, for instance? He gave up his first run since April 3rd in the win on Wednesday. He has a pair of saves. He's got a couple of holds. You've said in the past you envisioned him having a big role after 2018. He had some hard times the last two years. What has he shown you so far this year?
1: Yeah, he's you know, he's found it again, and, and, you know, he gives up a home run the other day, but, you know, that was his second inning of work, um, and he's been spotless up until that point, basically. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when you throw 96 miles an hour, 97, you have plus-plus sink. You have a good cutter. He really does have an arsenal, a starter's arsenal. He has a good curveball and change-up, too. It's finding the right mix that he's found and then getting the success behind it And now all of a sudden, you know, it it harks back to 18 for him when he had such a great year. So, um, you know, he's been fantastic for us with, with Rosenthal being out for quite some time. We needed somebody to kind of fill that role, and he's done it beautifully to this point. So, like I said, when you have that kind of stuff, you should feel pretty good about yourself.
0: We're talking to Bob Melvin. I said at the very top, Bob. And I was actually, I mean, I know it to be true, but it kind of surprised me even a little bit. You're 11 years in now, and I know you're not looking to make it about yourself, but you did recently set the record for most games managed during the Oakland era. You're closing in on the record for most wins. My sense in talking to you over the years is you're not going to make it about you ever, but what do those two milestones mean to you if you made it about you for a minute?
1: Well, you know, it means a lot. It means I'm in one place. It means I'm home where I grew up, and it's always been a special place for me. So, you know, it also means that I've dodged a few bullets, and it also means that my bosses have been really good to me, and it means more than anything the fact that I've had some really good players over the years here that have have kept me in that role. So... I'm honored and humbled to, to still be here. And, you know, we got a lot more work to do this year as well.
0: You know, Bob, we talked about that the start the team got off to. And not only were you 0-6, but GM David Forrest said it best. We didn't just lose the first six games. We got boat raced pretty much every night. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it, but it was potentially demoralizing. I'm curious, what were you thinking during those six games when you were dealing with some injuries and not just losing, but losing pretty big, even against good teams? How did you work your way through that process and flip that thing around?
1: You know, it wasn't easy, and you know what, the players are the ones that really stayed steadfast through that that time. You know, we we got beat up pretty good in the uh, division series last year by Houston. You know, their bats came alive in the postseason, and it really kind of felt like that series all over again, and to lose four in a row at home to start the season, when we really wanted to kind of flip it on them uh, to start the season, uh, you know, it did not feel good. And then, you know, then you got the Dodgers coming in, and they beat us up a couple times, and... You know, next thing you know, we're having a scrap for that first win in our seventh game. But you know, once we got past that stretch, it was really key that we went into Houston and and won two out of three at their place after be getting beat up so bad. And then it's just kind of snowballed into, you know, us coming and and doing the things that we expect to do. So it, it didn't feel too terribly well, but I have to credit the players for for really not worrying too much about that and knowing it's a long season.
0: Especially since they have done something that has never been done before. They lose their first six. They rip off 11 in a row. And Oakland right now currently tied for first in the AL West, and they're at Baltimore this evening. Bob, I appreciate you, and I especially appreciate you making time on the day of a game. It's great to have you back. Good to see the team playing so well, and it's always good to talk to you, Bob. Thanks so much.
1: Anytime, Jim, man.
4: Anytime.
0: It is Friday. Head, how you living and how you feeling
4: about this weekend, Head? Man, I can't wait to hear what the hell Ritt just did with Masvidal. But I'm living great, Jim. Life is good. Plenty of sports and the NFL draft next
0: week, man. See, the thing is, head, Ritt didn't do anything. He just went to the mailbox, and inside of the mailbox was a letter from Jorge Masvidal. There's got to be a
4: legendary backstory from the old man. I promise. (laughs) Okay.
0: I'm going to find out. All right, so let's start with the NBA. You've got Wizards, and again, clones, if you're not familiar with this. The Big Head comes in every Friday. Take notes. Mark it down. These are the games that we're looking at and hitting. Wizards v. OKC. Pretty interesting, at least from a betting standpoint. Two teams going in opposite directions. Knowing you, Head, you're going to tell me the Wizards are white hot. They've won six in a row, and that OKC is playing like ass. Sorry to rip your thunder. No pun intended, but they have lost 12 in a row because of those two things. And the fact that the Wiz got them earlier this week. If you want them, you have to lay nine points. Are you willing to do so?
4: I am willing to do so, Jim. Look, man, the Thunder, you said it, they're right. Their tank game is on point right now, and so is Washington's playoff push. Scott Brooks has his team playing defense now. For the first time all season, their past three games, they have the best defensive efficiency rating in the entire NBA. That six-game winning streak you mentioned is the second longest in the entire NBA they are also on fire against the spread, gym. 7-1 and one in their last eight games, playing on one-day rest. 5-1 and one in their last six games. 5-1 and one in their last six games as a road favorite. All factors here. I'm laying the points and taking Washington. So you love that.
0: I love that, yep. I like it also. Quote, their tank game is on point. On All right, point. so let's move to the next one. Hawks v. Heat. Also pretty interesting to me, the Heat... Despite reported concerns of Tyler Hero and his act off the floor, they're starting to put it together on the floor as for the Hawks we did have interim head coach Nate McMillan on the show yesterday so if you like the jungle karma angle there is that and they played really well since Nate took over the concern of course is that Trey Young and Clint Capella are both banged up and reportedly day-to-day because of that the Hawks are plus five I know our guys at BetQL love the Hawks do you and are you going to take Atlanta and the points
4: I'm all about that jungle caramel here, Jim. And like the guys at BetQL, I'm taking all of it. The jungle Hawks Carmel. plus the points. It's moved to 5.5, so I'm going to take that 5.5. And, and this is actually BetQL's best NBA bet of the entire night. Even without Trey Young, they have the Hawks at plus 1.5, so there's a four-point difference there. They th- I think the trend they are probably seeing is this is a division game, and the Heat are 2-8 and eight against the spread this season in division games. Also, Atlanta is ten and two in their last twelve home games against the spreads. Also, you said Nate they are eighteen and seven straight up since he took over as head coach. They will need some scores to step up without Trey, of course. But I'm going with bet QL here, and I'm taking the points in the Hawks.
0: All right, so now it's five and a half, right? Yeah, five and a half. Okay. Plus five and a half. Now it's five and a half. Atlanta plus five and a half. Then you have the aforementioned old man Ritt and his hornets going up against the calves. Inherently, whenever I see that old man get behind anything at all, anything at all in life, I go the other way. I just do the opposite of what RIT is doing. And not to be contrarian and not to go against the grain, it's just because the old man really is that jacked up. If I see RIT eating something, I don't eat it. If I see RIT betting something, I bet the other way. The problem is... We're talking about his Hornets and the Cavs. And the Cavs are on the road, and they have not been playing well of late. As much as I hate getting anywhere near anything Ritt touches, that's how much I don't trust the Cavs. What do you think, Head? Hornets minus one. I'm going to hit that myself. What about you? Here's the
4: funny thing about this. The only man in the world, not in the Charlotte or Cleveland market, who doesn't have action on this game that will be watching it tonight is old man Ridd, okay? Watching it and live tweeting, Jim. So I'm actually with you and old man here. Every number suggests Charlotte should win here. The Cavs are the worst road team against the spread in the entire NBA. They are 10 and 20. They are even worse when they are playing with one day off where they are only covering 28% of their games. The worst in the NBA again, Jim. If Ritt's squad can't win this game, don't tweet me, clones. Tweet at Garrett Ritt. They should not lose this game. If they do, Ritt, your season is belly up like Tom Hanks. Let's go Hornets minus one.
0: (laughs) The big head. Uh, I want to talk NHL, but we're already kind of up against it. So let me skip it. If I can get back to the NHL, I will, because I want to talk about the thing that I like most of all, UFC 261. A nice card headlined by one of our all-time favorite guys. I love him, and I know you love Jorge Masvidal. We love him in and out of the cage, especially out of the cage where he came up fighting in the streets of Miami. Again, I love this guy. One of my favorite fighters of all time. The only problem here is he's going up against one of the greatest fighters of all time in Usman. I know what I always say. Everybody gets beaten in the UFC at some point Head Everyone, well, to this point, Usman hasn't. Unlike last time, Jorge gets the benefit of a full camp. My question to you, does our guy's best beat Usman's best? And how are you playing this one? And are you going to hit anything else on that card? No, it doesn't, Jim. I
4: love Masval too, but I love my money even more. (laughs) Now, he can win. He's got incredible knockout ability in a variety of ways, and you could bet the house he's going to take some massive shots because that's what he does. But Usman is on a different level. He's 13-0 in the octagon. The problem, though, is the odds makers, they feel the same way here, Jim. They have him at minus 375 as of now. Ouch. Yeah, so bad. But I'm going to oh. parlay him with Valentina Chevinchen- Chevchenko. Sorry. She is a badass if you don't know her. And she's on Usman's level in her flyweight division. She is also putting her belt on the line. If you parlay them both, you could move that number down to 170. 180 minus 170 minus 180 ish so that's what i'm going to do play the both of them try to get a better number there
0: i like that play and again i'm conflicted because i don't want the guy to win and I, I have nothing against usman in fact i have mad respect for him right i just love jorge i, I just love, love the guy all right something funny about this before you go about the segment well something funny about this segment aside from me mm-hmm. aside from that Not only are more and more people locking in for this segment every single Friday, but they're showing up to get your NHL pick, which is kind of funny to me, but really awesome. What do you like in the NHL?
4: So the Clones loves themselves some puck. That is evident, and I love Boston. I'd hate to play the Bruins come playoff t- time, Jim. They are playing their best hockey in a long-ass time. They've won six hockey. straight games. They've outscored their opponents 23-7 to 7 during that win streak. I'm taking them minus the puck line tonight against Buffalo. The worry is Boston has beat them two times in a row. They're going to try to do the third time on the road tonight, which is a tough-ass ask, but I'm all over Boston minus
0: one-and-a-half here. Tough-ass ask is not easy to say. Well, nothing is for you, Head, but that was pretty good. Listen, I know that you will put this up on Twitter, Uh and then I will retweet it. But as we go out the door, very quickly reset every one of your picks.
4: Okay, Washington minus 9. Atlanta plus 5.5. Ritz Hornets minus 1. Bruins minus 1.5 on the puck line. Usman and Valentina minus 170 minus 180-ish. I like it. One last thought.
0: BetQL, for those who do not know what it is, are you using it? Why are you using it? What is it?
4: I'm using it. I'm using it a lot, actually. It's got great information and insight. They've got their best plays every day of what they like, what they love. They kind of have a star system. I kind of gauge what I got and what they got. And when they go like five stars on the Hawks, I'm like, yep, that's cool. Let's do it. So very good information. Nice bet job. QL. Well done.
0: I like BQL. And mm-hmm. as far as the Garrett Ritt letter from Masvidal, I got to look that over. <laughs> that's incredible. All right, big head, anything else or are you good?
4: Um, I'm looking at Thug Rose and Weidman too, also on that UFC card, but I have not hit them yet, but that's about it for right now.
0: All right, so follow the big head on Twitter. Nice job, head. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. James Kelly. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. What's going on? My name is Jim Rome. Hope you had a great weekend. Nice to have you on this Monday. Wild weekend and lots of different ways to go with it. We set this thing up intentionally so you can get through early and often. I told you on Friday that the Dodgers-Padres three-game series was going to be awesome and then it was. It's gone! First pitch of the 12th, The two-run shot! It is the best rivalry in baseball right now. See you freaking Thursday. More Padres telling Kershaw to shut the up. And generally speaking, just a whole lot more hate. I hate it. John Morosi is back. When I hear you opening the Monday
2: show with baseball off the top, my friend, I am excited, especially in April.
0: Money, if I'm boxing, I'm concerned. Because you could take two high-level boxers, and it still would not have gotten as many eyes that that show did. I
2: got knocked out by
0: Jake Paul. Email. What a, stupid, a stupid, idiot. stupid idiot. Just a big fat dumb guy. What embarrassing. What did you expect? He looks beautiful. He looks in shape. Dude, you don't look like any of those things right now. The USSR. It's bad a night as Askren had. lohea had a worse He night. looks like a Dodonis. You need help, Dodonis. Like, I am legitimately concerned about this guy. Jordan Palmer. A
3: word that never gets thrown around in the media, but it's huge in the locker room, is authenticity. Are you a fraud is this for the gram or are you just being true and honest to who you are Curry, hey,
0: three from the Liberty Steph Curry. every game just has its, its separate challenges and
1: you kind of got to live up to the moment when you do and it clicks and you find your rhythm you kind of get lost in the moment and find you know the best version of what we can be what i can be right now
0: making that the priority that's how you lock in Stuart sink is my guest you know i saw her fight
1: like, I've never seen anyone else fight when she got that diagnosis. And when we rode through all that, just one gut punch after the next, seemed like. And I saw her dig deep, and it taught me a little bit about
0: how to dig deep. Merry Stoner Christmas. I'm the sports guy. He's the movie's I'm guy. I'm the sports guy. Sports. He's the movie's guy. Rit had to watch Mikey rip nearly 27 Girl <laughs> without Rip. Hey, Ike, tell your boy Mikey how oh, his ass, ass tastes. Team Bacon, the clone, happy 420. I did say Malibu is top dog. Dave in Malibu. 90265.
2: six five. That is is the best zipper. Why? That's Malibu Zipco.
0: Yeah, I Make know that, zip bro. Zip now you're done man. Thanks for exactly. nothing. But right, that changed my mind. Laguna's is better than Malibu. That's what you just did to your town. Twitter. Malibu cannot be the crown jewel. It's La Jolla. Richard A. Debell. Hey, Debell. To de take this sucks Bell you're no didonis. the
1: only thing more satisfying is watching arrogant athletes lose all their money
2: influence and women
0: I'm talking to David Bell for a few more moments your brother Mike passed away from cancer last month what was Mike like as a person and what kind of an impact did he have on you
3: well thank thank you for asking you know someone that I looked up to and, and learned a lot from him I think the best way to describe Mike is he was just generous We just go day by day, step by step. Can you imagine
0: we're actually concerned about the Knicks believing the hype? The Knicks getting caught up in winning. The Knicks getting caught up in the postseason. And it's legit. What? You tell me what's more ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous. I offer
2: you a peace pipe. We can hit the buffet, jam up the crapper, because I hear you clear growlers. Cooper's going to poop, and there's so many toilets to clean in Vegas. Clean my toilet, son.
0: Alvin, do what you do. Siege, you are now officially off the watch list. Call with your beef. When the credit card machine displays, would you like to donate money to fight hunger? Help a
2: pet? Save a tree? Blah, blah, blah. The
4: radio disclaimer guy at the end of mortgage company commercials?
3: Legal
0: will kick our ass if we don't. My beef is with the guy who
2: hits the signal right when he starts to turn. I can't read your mind, you butthole. Those homies that show up to happy hour at Harry's Plaza Cafe and have no wallet.
3: He said, Eli really wants to focus on football. I'm sure you understand. And I basically was like, no, I don't understand. He may be richer than me. He may be more famous than me, but I worked just as hard as him. And Wahlberg was there. He said, what a... Brady and I do it. <laughs> all right, that'll solve all the problems.
0: I played a couple of them at Rock, Paper, Scissors. Just imagine right? on draft that night, the camera's is going to go rock live. And my Let's man Nick is going to have all the scouts playing Simon Says. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Music stop. Find a chair. I was on that chair. That's mine. Why
1: don't you do
4: some tour stops around L.A.?
1: I think you ought to think about making a tour stop down in old Rockford, Illinois, where the population never changes because every time a
0: baby's born... A daddy leaves town. All right, all right. Visions of sugar plums around What the me. hell is he talking about? How is he going from watching Kyle Pitts to talking about
3: sugar plums? Bob Bradley. When he went off, we have a young player we call Mahala, Wado Apoku. He's a young boy from Ghana. Ghana. It
2: doesn't mean that I want
0: to have S with him. So I don't really
3: give a damn, dude, whether you want to have
0: an S with me or not. Get in line. Father John was present for this last Monday night. He was. He was in the ball. It, right? Padre fan. Or there's a realism mentality. I'm
4: getting yelled at from Bill Murray in the back.
0: I'm the sports guy. Valentina, Valentina
4: Chevchenko. Chevencin- sorry.
0: I mean, he's been.
2: he He was the best. You know. Am I allowed to say that on the air? Infatuated. There I go, there I go, there I go.
4: Appreciate you, Jim. Have a good
2: one. Good night now. Good night now.